BetMGM tonight. Got uh, still 13 points for uh, Scoot Henderson. He's missed six straight shots. Eesh. He's letting the uh, Wembenyana hype get to his head. Uh, th- this is see, this is summer league, man. I'm telling you, Shaden Sharp's got 11 right now. Blazers up one on the Rockets in the third. You're gonna get maybe hot starts, up and down, cold rookies come in here. It's a little bit of a different game. It's faster, a lot of three point shooting. It does look like this game is going to end up being fun down the stretch. Though. I and very evenly matched, and that's why taking if you if you've watched a couple of summer league games at least between these teams, and you've gotten an idea of kind of how they play. You know you're going to get effort late in the game, right? Because you got players that are desperate to to get on a roster somewhere. I mean, that's really what it comes down to for a lot of them. <laughs> I know. I just saw that. In the, One of the Rockets guys just took the ball right to the face. Right to the face. I mean, it was just just bad all the way around. <laughs> it was a great roll too on the pick action. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if they watch film in summer league, but if they do watch <laughs> film, that dude's getting clowned tomorrow. Yeah, so, you know, there's been all this talk about, obviously, Dame. That's the biggest name that's out there on the trade block now. But, you know, Zach Levine, there may be there may be an opportunity there where the Bulls could get more for Zach Levine than what the Blazers could get for Dame Lillard, as crazy as that sounds. We know their market is they want, what, four first-round picks and a couple of, you know, quality, quality players. players, whatever that, the hell that means. That being Portland for Dame. Yes, that would be Portland for Dame. But you get somebody in Zach Levine that's younger, and you got a few years left on that contract still, too. I, apparently now, Portland and the Sixers have already talked to the Bulls about Zach Levine. The Knicks were kind of in the mix, it sounds like, for a little while, but they didn't want to give up too much. We we may end up seeing a situation where teams that realize they can't get Dame, which would be everybody but the Miami Heat, apparently, because that's who he wants, then they start to pivot to Zach Levine or maybe to a James Harden as like your third choice at that point. Two things. One, it is nuts. And this is the best thing that he might ever do in his NBA career. And I mean this fully sincerely. It is nuts that the Knicks are saying we're good on superstars. We like Jalen Brunson. Because for 20 years, they were the exact mm-hmm. opposite. So mm-hmm. The fact that they've completely shifted their their line of thinking, Jalen Brunson needs to have that ingrained on his tombstone after he leaves this planet. I right? think it's a different culture. It's a different mindset. And it's also they're being much more picky. And I love that. They're, it's I love so that. nice to see. Now, they're still going to get rumored for everybody because that's copy-paste every single time sure. one of these guys gets... Um, upset and wants to get traded would you if you are boston i would be upset if we land zach levine if we do all of these maneuvers and kind of flirt with the idea of damian lillard and then only end up with zach levine i would be upset because that likely means that you are moving jalen brown and you're swapping jalen brown for zach levine one if i'm chicago that doesn't work i don't think jalen brown plays as well with demar Derozan. but two if i if i'm boston Maybe Zach Levine is slightly better than Jalen Brown. I mean, if we wanted to do like an old school, you know, newspaper old school graphic where we look at every single position, we assign a check mark here to someone that's better at shooting, and a check mark here to Zach Levine, who's clearly better at dribbling, or check mark both of them for athleticism. Like it might be very even with one guy having one slight edge in one capacity, but like you don't get better with that. So I'm worried if I'm Zach Levine. What I think we're starting to see, Nick, here, and this is this makes sense when when Minnesota screwed everything up for everybody and gave five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. Um, I just it still blows my mind to this day how anybody I, thought that was a good decision. But you're seeing now the ripple effects of that 
teams are not going to be as willing to move that amount of first-round picks. And I think that's hurting the Damian Lillard market, mm -hmm. and it is for sure hurting the Zach Levine-James Harden market. That James Harden people are out on. Like, there are teams in the NBA that would be open to it. It felt like Houston was for a little bit. But there are teams that are very much out on James Harden and moving him for serious capital. We've now seen enough guy. of the resume there. We've right. seen enough of that resume that teams go, okay, I, I know what we're actually getting at this point. He's a great player. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. All of that is true. But at this stage in his career, he's not the final piece that's pushing you over the hump. If anything, you could make some sort of argument that in the postseason, he's going to drag you down more than he is going to lift you up. I don't know how people feel about Zach Levine in that capacity because we've never really seen him there. And I think that is the one thing that aids him in this discussion that does not aid James Harden is because we just don't know. So you might still be able, if you were a team that's a piece away, or at least you think you're a piece away, like if you are a team like Brooklyn and the Dame sweepstakes doesn't work, but you really want that one other guy. Now, hopefully that organization has learned to not do this, but if they haven't and they really want that other guy, you do have the luxury of not necessarily knowing what Zach Levine is like in a postseason game six elimination, a game seven scenario to think that maybe you can get something out of that. The juice might be worth the squeeze. Zach Levine for me, though, just kind of feels like what like Bradley Beal is, right? Like a great number three on right. a team that could win a title. And like if I'm the, that's why I think the Knicks were out just simply because like what what does Zach Levine do in terms of your title hopes? How much does that change their title odds if they trade for Zach Levine and give up a bunch of picks? The Knicks are forty to one to win the title right now. It doesn't do much. It doesn't it doesn't move the needle enough. And I don't know if Zach Levine moves the needle for any team unless you were to add him to a roster that already had two great stars. Right. And that's not really going to work because you probably have to give up something to the Bulls unless you had a bunch of, you know. And that's the thing. Like, we get into this situation every year in the offseason in the NBA, and it's fun. I love it. I'll take silly season all day. It's great. Doesn't bother me. But you also have to think about, like, logically how a lot of these things are going to work. And a good portion of them ain't going to work. No, As much not. as you want to try and make that happen. Now, I think we'll start to see more progress made on Dame. I think eventually he's going to end up in Miami. It's going to be a three-team deal. It's really just who that third. Maybe there's even a fourth team that goes in there, which means then teams look at some other guys that are involved. And if the Sixers are thinking about, you know, something with Zach Levine, and maybe it's just, it would be a great swap, though. I'm sorry, if Harden, Levine, they just trade them. Just him trade them. Just do that. Places. Send Harden to Chicago and do that. But, you know, Harden's the name that's going to be on the list because he still led the league in assists, and he's a guy that can go out there and get you 20 points, and the regular season is what it is with him. It's just about the playoffs. So if you take Damian Lillard and Zach Levine out of there, and you're looking at uh, you're looking at James Harden, but then there's also Paul George, who you might say, well, he's not on the market, but actually that's not totally true. They're fielding, they're at least accepting calls. They are, and when a team starts to accept calls... That's something. like you accepting dates with somebody else on Tinder when you've already got somebody in the works. Right. Like, yeah, you're just let me just go out and hang out with this person. Let me just let me just spend a little time with them and just see. Let's let me hear what you have to say. What's your pitch? That's the start. That's it. Of the change. And there's reports out there that the Clippers are willing to maybe at least consider moving off this Kawhi Paul George combination that we really haven't seen anything out of because they can't stay healthy. Paul George has played 56 games or fewer in each of the last four seasons. He doesn't stay healthy either, and that's another big problem. Which is unfortunate because we've started to see him really excel late in the season, mm -hmm. and then he gets hurt. I'm curious where the Clippers would look to 
would look to move if they move on from Paul George. Like, if you do that, do you then embrace the rebuild? Because they have no draft picks. They traded all their draft picks to acquire Paul George. Do you start to fully embrace the rebuild at that part? Or are you looking for a superstar in return? Because if you're looking for a superstar in return, Boston makes sense. They want to get off Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. You want to get off Paul George. You could very easily talk yourself Mm -hmm. into that swap. And if you're Boston... I don't know how that would work in terms of like where the spacing would be with Paul George and Jason Tatum, but I am confident enough that those two guys are smart enough to figure it out. There was a lot of us, myself included, that watched a very young Jason Tatum and said, that's Paul George. Yeah, There's some Paul George there. Great two-way player, about the same height, can play outside, go to the rim. Tatum's a better shooter, but yeah. Tatum is the better shooter, yes. Uh, Paul George, I'd maybe argue, is the better defender then in that yeah. case. So, oh, yeah. But you're right. The spacing is a thing. But with you, wings are like pass rushers in the NFL. You can't have enough of them. Right. In today's NBA, everybody wants wings. You want guys spacing the floor. If you can, if they can also play defense in the process, I mean, that's even better. And Boston may just be in a position where at this point, you just shake it up because you need to shake it up. Like, it's just what, what you have going on has reached its ceiling at this point. That is dangerous. Because if you yes. shake it up and the lid's not closed and you got a mess everywhere, you're in trouble. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Like, shaking it up is great. I liken this to, you know, I'm on a, a, a diet, mm-hmm. I told you. I liken this to shaking up, up your protein. Mm-hmm. Lid's closed. Everything's good. It oh, mixes I know you're around. About, I've done what you're about to talk about. Everything's straight. You maybe don't tighten it as much mm-hmm. as you thought. Maybe you shake it and the uh, the lid isn't fully closed. And all yep. of a sudden, you're wearing chocolate protein powder yep. on your kitchen. It's yep. on your shirt. It's on your island. It's on the floor. It's everywhere. And you're just sitting there like, I can't believe I really did this. I didn't think this fully through. It was a spur of the moment. I was just so excited to indulge in this activity that I, I really ended up hampering myself and in the case of a protein powder shake, you're ruining your evening a little bit. In the case of making a wrong trade or shaking things up just for the sake of doing so, you're potentially jeopardizing three or even more years. I mean, if you really mm-hmm. do it wrong, you could jeopardize you know six, seven, eight years. I don't think it would be that bad if it's a Paul George for Jalen Brown swap, but you are jeopardizing the next couple of years of your future if you mess it up. You'd also have to start talking about extension. So, like, right. he, because he can opt out of his contract and so can Kawhi Leonard in a year, which is why I still go back to the best scenario is James Harden to the Clippers, but Paul George and Kawhi are still there because you're not going to give up one of them to the Sixers because no. you're getting James Harden on a one-year deal, but you also have Kawhi and Paul George that are either going to be free agents next year or they'll opt in. Right. So this could be a one-year, let's give it a shot. It's the last chance maybe for Kawhi and Paul George together. A team that is, look, an actual, I know it's, it's they are a title contender if they're all out there. They're 18-1 to to win the title. It, they are way down that list, which is crazy to see. I mean, they're actually behind the Sixers at 16-1. to Even the Lakers are 11-1 at BetMGM right now. But, look, all this can still shift. But the Clippers are a really good team when everybody is out there and healthy. The problem is is that they just never are. We'd almost say, as opposed to blowing this up, let's go all in on one year and see what happens. Let's go and give a bunch of our role players like one first-round pick because you're not going to have to give up that much for James Harden. His stock is low and the fact that he's gotten older, and the fact that there's one year left on his contract, and you say, you know what? We can fill out some of this roster. They're not going to have to give up that much, and then you go all in with those three for one season and see what happens. I am surprised that they're only 
putting Paul George on the market. Like, I know Kawhi is recovering from the knee injury, so his value is not going to be at its highest. But just offering one of them and not the other is something that I would that I'm a little stunned by. Mm-hmm. And I think that does also say that they really love Kawhi Leonard still. Like, it feels like Kawhi is kind of there to stay. I don't know if he has. I don't know if he has another home in the NBA if the Clippers situation doesn't work out. It's it's tough because there was a point when we were talking about Kawhi Leonard as the best player in the NBA. There was a short period of time. And it was earned and deserved. Because what he did in that run of the postseason was something that we don't see frequently. And we saw it in the first round before he got hurt again. Yeah. Right? yeah. We started to see that again with the Clippers. And you went, oh, yeah, this is why they spent that money. The money and the assets and for to put this thing together. Like, it makes sense. And they're actually, I think they're a good pairing together. Right. It's just when they're not on the floor, what do you like? What can you do? Remember the game, game six against Dallas when they played Luka? And Kawhi Leonard said, I don't know if he said this to Tyron Lue, but I'd like to, I'd like to imagine that he did. He said, Coach, put me the F on Luka. Mm-hmm. And he guarded Luka, locked Luka down, and had 45. Yep. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that's the Toronto Kawhi Leonard yes. that made his appearance in Los Angeles. But I don't know if we ever see that again. It's unfortunate. I, I just don't think we do. It, there's certain There gets to a point where some players, when you start to see a short period of time where the injuries are piling up and they're – Heading that, that point where, like, the early 30s even. Yeah, and they're major injuries, too. And it's then they like become, and then it just never turns back around. When you talk about legacies, and I don't know how much we want to dive into, the, like, the legacy discussion. I don't know if we're there in the summer yet. But when you talk <laughs> about legacies, Kawhi's is a fascinating one to dissect because in an era where you just put up gaudy numbers and, you know, so-and-so is going to, like, Steph Curry is going to finish with, like, 80,000 three-pointers, right? It's going to be so unfair compared to past generations. Kawhi Leonard hasn't put up gaudy numbers in the sense mm-hmm. where he's going to score 30,000 career points, but he had that one run, and we know how good of a player he was because of the runs in San Antonio mm-hmm. before he landed on um, Zaza's foot. Like He's had those little moments where if you were watching and you were paying attention, you're like, he is clearly one of the best guys in this league, but the stats and the the accolades won't fully back it up. It's it's a really weird thing to wrestle with and kind of wrap your mind around. Yeah, and this I mean, so many injuries have... Ruined so many careers, right? I mean, really, that's 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 the nature of sports. But like, that's I hate. I always hate having those what ifs, right? Like, what if Greg Oden had stayed healthy? What if Tua last year had stayed healthy? And what the Dolphins could have been? I mean, there's there's a million of these that you throw out there. But the reality of it is, that's what you have to factor in if you're looking to retool your roster or completely blow it up or go out there and just do something that nobody expected and make a trade that flips around with Boston's roster. You know what I mean? Like, those are the types of things that you've got to think about. Boston was smart to go out and get Chris Stapps Porzingis. Came off a career year. I think he... He was the best player in Washington He's the He's the right fit for that team. He can't defend or rebound much, but he's a a great rim protector, which is a start. And he can shoot. But, like, you also do have to think about fit and then just availability. Like, all all of that matters. And right now, these names that are on the market... Most of them have a level, you know, it's either age or it's injury history. And that's that's part of the problem with some of these situations. Dangerous. That's dangerous for, for teams that are going to, you're asking teams to move a lot of draft capital. You are. I mean, four first round picks for Dame Lillard. He is 32. You're going to be paying him over $60 million that's in, what, four years? So it's, it's, a lot it's, of money. it's definitely a lot. All right, Trista's going to join us next. It's Ben MGM the night.